As he searched backwards, down the avenues of his black pain, he understood his name hadn't always been Cryer. Perhaps it had been Chuck Smith, or Joe Evans, or maybe Abe Fishbaum. He just couldn't tell. Turn it over for a while, and you start to wonder how much you were the name and how much the name was you. If he'd been Johnny Guitar, would he have ended up in the same place, with the same damage? Nick Steele might have been able to protect his family. Freddy the Switchblade Davis wouldn't have stopped off for a couple of double cheeseburgers and three extra-large fries, sitting in an empty parking lot scarfing down the food while box air on a cheese string thrummed on the CD player. Besides the classical music, the incessant satisfied slurps and greasy grunts were the only sounds in the night. Then sneaking in two slow cigarettes, despite having nearly quit, cheating on his diet breaking his promise to his wife to take better care of himself as he slid across forty and entered far too comfortably into middle age. At least he wasn't drinking again. He was content that his vices were minor ones when all things were considered. Cryer was a madhouse name. When Cryer got home that evening, he found his twelve-year-old daughter, gutted and whimpering, crawling around the living room in agonized circles. The carpet was thick with her blood and viscera. Cryer ran to her and let out a noise that sounded like a baby seal being pummeled. As his girl reached for him, her lips parted and brow furrowed as she fought to speak. Cryer wailed and drowned out whatever she might have said. A moment later, she blinked twice at him and gave a deep, quivering sigh. She was dead and Cryer pounded his fists on the stained carpet once, twice, three times, nearly giving in to a convulsive tantrum. He vomited the fast food he choked down fifteen minutes ago. Then, he was moving through the house, screaming for his wife. He heard a thump on the second floor and rushed upstairs. All the rooms were dark. He flipped switches, shouting sometimes, calling her name, sometimes just letting go with little shrieks, and found her in the bathtub, fully clothed, with her throat cut. Her wrists were bound by duct tape. Another square had been placed over her mouth. She was still alive and turned her head to Cryer. Arterial spray arced to the air and struck him across the face. Blood sailed across the walls and pulsed over her lips and chin. She tried to speak, but it looked like she had bitten through her tongue trying to work the tape loose. The killer was going out the window. Cryer slid on his wife's blood and awful as it was, it actually helped him cover the distance quicker. He was ninety pounds overweight, with a huge spare tire, but he made the awkward leap. Feeling his gut wobble as he did so, he managed to catch the intruder by the belt before the guy cleared the sill. Cryer thought he recognized the face, but couldn't tell from where. He tried to speak, wanted to say, Why? Why did you do this? Who are you? What? What is this? What? Hey, uh a flash of light off metal crossed Cryer's eyes. A knife, high and twisting. A gloved hand. The guy spun and stabbed Cryer in the forehead. The blade went in about three inches, almost directly between Cryer's eyes. There was no pain. Cryer watched the killer slip out the window with a great agility, unafraid and in complete control, jumping two floors down to the backyard without a worry. Cryer tumbled backward over the edge of the tub, but managed to stay on his feet. Weirdest thing ever, he had a heart on. His wife 
made a supreme effort of will and attempted to climb from the tub, wrists still bound, watching her own life streaming out against the peach wallpaper in weakening shorter and shorter spurts. Her face hardened into of iron. Her eyes showed a great but controlled fear as well as a beautiful and haunting concern for him. As she staggered forward, she tried to raise her foot over the edge of the tub, but couldn't quite take the step. She tried again, but a cold and awful realization flooded her expression. She wasn't going to make it to him. She reached for him with bound hands, coughing out thick ribbons of blood through the gash in her throat. The endless rain thrummed against the porcelain like a brief summer shower. She fell back in a seated position, her hands still out to him, and Cryer trying to say something, but again nothing would come out.